So we decided we should do some sort of intro before we roll the interview. And this is it. We just shock people with uh, with an episode going back, yeah. going way back. Yeah. So today we're running the Karen episode. Yeah. She was our first person that we talked to. So this goes back to, I think, end of February. Really? Yeah, it's it's been a while. Yes. It takes it takes a long time to get yeah to get everybody lined up and go through the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I think Karen. Um, one of the things I love about Karen is she's really she's really honest and she kind of sets a great tone. I mean, this podcast isn't just like reliving four years that we had twenty years ago. This podcast is about like just reconnecting with somebody and seeing where their journey has taken them. Um, yeah. Because because we don't spend a ton of time on Willowbrook. We spend we spend good. I mean, we have some good conversations, but but Karen kind of talks about that she's kind of a as a runner, she's just kind of moving forward. And so I think it's a it's a great kind of a opportunity to see what we're doing here. Very true. All right. Well, I'm excited to roll it. So let's do that let's now. Let's do it. Okay, we're live, and so let's kick this off, Karen. How do you say your new last name? Yeah, Aylert. Perfect. That said, people, of course, would know you as Karen Newberry. Yes, yes, very much so. So what do you what do you remember from, from Willbrook? The WB. Yes. Yeah. So I barely have thought about Willowbrook since, <laughs> since I left. What? I know that's so harsh. So thinking about Willowbrook has... Like I've tried to rack my brain about all the amazing things we used to do, you know, as children, basically. Right. Well, here, let's let's start here. How would you describe your high school self to someone else? Like if you were if you're talking to us today, oh, man. who were you then? Yeah. Dude, such a big nerd who just only cared about sports. <laughs> That's it. I just wanted to get my grades to go to college and then just run around and play sports and you know, do gymnastics and not be sitting down, basically. Remind me, which sports did you play? So I did soccer, like, and I was on, like, on a club team outside of school. And then I just did gymnastics for fun in the winter when it was only indoor soccer. So it's funny because, like, I wouldn't have said this if, like, Dave would have said, hey, give me your thoughts about Karen before the podcast. I wouldn't have said this. But as you said, all I want to do is sports. I instantaneously began to have these like the feeling of competing against you, just like playing like you are extremely competitive. You are a very competitive person. And so, and I would say that I am as well. So that could be either great or bad, depending on if we're on the same team or not. And so, yeah, it's just funny. Like I would never have thought that I was doing a little research, looking at Facebook, seeing where you were and stuff like that. And until you said that, then it like all kind of came back to me how insanely competitive you are. Yes. Yes. Very much. And mostly with myself now, you know, not so much. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm not. It <laughs> yes. wasn't a character flaw. It was a good thing. No, it is. This isn't thing. a competition, guys. Yeah. It's, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so are your, are your most vivid or favorite memories from school related to sports? Yeah, by far. All I did when sitting in class was think about, like, what I was going to do, like, during that sport, whether it was, like, a game or, you know, practice. So I don't really even remember a lot of classes because I think I was just so <laughs> focused on like not being right there. <laughs> Cross out favorite teacher question. No, 
coaches. Oh, there you right? go. Yeah. Well, well, there you go. So who is who would that be? Who was your favorite coach? Oh, uh, Mr. Montgomery. So we're yes, yes. So he used to let me sit in his classroom, and I don't even remember why, but I just remember being there with like nobody else around and like writing on the board or just like I guess taking a breath, getting away from people. <laughs> you know, he even let me turn stuff in late, like if we had a game that night, or like he just knew that it, there was a lot going on. He was such a cool guy. And then also Mr. Scahill, because he was a gym teacher and he was my gymnastics coach. And he was just such a chill guy, right? Just so calm all the time. So nice. Just like someone whose energy you want to be like, instead of like my crazy up and down energy. So you're saying you got some special treatment as a student athlete. Is that what you're? Yes. Okay. All right. Yes. Which I think is valid. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well-deserved, I'm sure, yeah. yeah. So I guess then, is there is there one game or competition or, or something that like sticks in your mind that well, that was the pinnacle of your your joy in high school of winning something or the agony defeat? I don't know. Probably the agony defeat, but I don't think there was one. I just, when I was captain of the soccer team, that was like the best thing that happened in my entire life. But then that also like made me kind of more competitive and probably made me a little bitchy on the field too. Definitely think some people's feelings got hurt. Who? Whose feelings did you hurt? I don't know. There was a lot of like low people that like just, you knew they weren't putting in all their effort. You knew at least. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't even remember who anymore. That was probably back in like sophomore year when everyone was just trying to participate. But then you got to varsity and people were serious. So everyone liked me then. And then they lived up to your expectations. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> is there someone, we'll do some, some more name dropping so I did teachers. Is there someone that you used to be close to that you haven't talked to in 10, 20 years? I mean, Katie Lindsay was my best friend. Like we did all soccer together. We, you know, I think we went to elementary and middle school together. I still mess. We still message on Facebook a little bit, but I haven't seen her or talked to her at all. And then like her and Kevin Mills lived down the street. Kevin Mills. Right. And, like Ashley Pierce was in there and Nicole Kohler, Andrea Saunders. So like that little crew, which you like awkwardly grew up with and like were in and out at times, you know, like it'd be so amazing. Because you went to people. you went to Westmore. Where did you- I did? Can I tell you? I still have my fifth grade T shirt, and it's right next to me. So I'm going to show it to you guys. But like, I still can wear it to bed. Oh, yeah. oh, wow! Yeah. So I think right. I think I still have mine from from North School. We were the the Penguins, by the way, but also class of '94, and it same thing. Everybody's signature on there. Yeah, Paul yours is on there. I thought it is. I did go to Westmore. Wow. I moved yeah. in in fourth grade, though. Well, this isn't about you, Paul. No, I'm, just, I'm just saying, I went, <laughs> like you named all those people and I know all those people, but I wasn't like super close to them because I didn't grow like I didn't oh, go yeah, yeah. through all of elementary school with all everybody. Well, it also mattered like where you were in walking distance to people. And if you went to the to the Commons Park and played because I lived across the street. So that's. If you could get to the park, 
then you would hang out on weekends. Mm, I think no one just called me. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Did we know how to call back then? There was like no texting. Exactly. We had it. We'd have to call. I mean, it was so, it was so hard to do things back then. Let's see. Anything else we want to touch on in, in high school there? High school. Oh, painting the rock was the one thing that I came up with that I remember doing. Do you guys paint the rock? I didn't. I'm a loser. We tried to paint it like a soccer ball. It was a mess. I don't know that I actually ever did. I I must have, right? You guys Mm -hmm. play tennis, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I played soccer, tennis, and basketball. Just soccer and tennis for me. All right, so we graduate. You realize you're never you're never going to see any of these people again. Where does life take you? What do you What do you do next? Oh man! So Bradley University for four years in Peoria. Peoria, yeah, yeah. I think I remember I visited like Kate, Casey Gatz at his college because it was close to mine once or twice. So he was somebody that I tried to hang out with. I think I liked him at the time. That didn't hey, who work didn't? Out. Wait. <laughs> that might be very like very likable guy no very likable guy absolutely oh, man. yeah so bradley university you know join a sorority just to play sports I there we go there it is okay <laughs> yeah so then go to university of illinois chicago to get my doctorate in physical therapy wow right because i love to move yeah did you do that right right after you finished your bachelor's? Yeah, right after Bradley. Yeah, then moved to, you know, city of Chicago with some friends from college. Yeah, so three years, got my doctorate, and then moved to Austin, Texas. Should we be referring to you as Dr. Karen all this time? And <laughs> No, I mean, it's weird. It's like you're, it's like a, you know, like dentist, you know, have a doctorate or, you know, it's that professional doctorate degree. I work with kids, so. All right, so so you become a doctor, and then then where? Austin, Texas. Right after I graduate, I moved to Austin because for at that time it was a boy, but it was mostly like, let's get out of Chicago. Let's just keep on keeping on. Yeah, so I spent about four and a half years there. I drank a lot. Is it, was it as cool as it is now? Was Austin super cool? It's probably was way is way cooler back then because you could like drive around and like move now it's just like people on top of people on top of people i mean but it's still amazing right like live music so much food the running is amazing i bought a place right by the like right by the ladybird lake so i could like run right down there and run and run and run in circles when did you get into to running like when did you transition from team sports to running right i mean freshman year of college right because then i'm like playing club soccer but it's just like not enough you work out like one day a week or twice so you know stress relief and just get out so i yeah took on running to try and figure out how to work out by myself basically do we want to hit your running highlights now or do you want to drip those out to us as you traverse the globe whatever you want what's the longest race you've run just 50k just, just yeah i mean you know because it's just only a little bit over yeah. a marathon that's, that's true <laughs> so 
<laughs> yeah. Okay, that's nothing. Yeah, I'm pretty. Everyone listening to this. That's like what? Thinks, 30, oh, oh, 30 miles? Just 31 fi- miles? Just a 50K? 31. Yeah. yeah, 31. What's the hardest race you've run? Oh, the hardest race is definitely the Great Wall of China Marathon because it is so steep. Like you were just going stair on stair on stair on the Great Wall, and it's super hot. So hot. That took like five and a half hours. It was brutal, but it was so worth it. Wow. That's impressive. What's your fastest marathon? 323. Tokyo. Holy crap. 2014, I think. Yeah. So that's what? A little under eight minute miles. That's my highlight of my running career. That's awesome. I guess. Yeah. You're saying it's been downhill since then? You you peaked in 2014? I think so. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, at that time when I was living in Tokyo, I was like, all my friends were just running, 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 like training for Ironmans. And so that's what I did. I didn't train for an Ironman. I did a couple triathlons, but nothing big. Yeah. And then after some some of them moved away, like kind of got into other workout friends. So I still ran a lot. I was like president of the running club in Japan. So I'd run a half marathon pretty much every other week. Just to see, just to see Japan. We like get on a bus, drive a couple hours into some mountains, and then start running, which is awesome. Yeah, I, Karen, I think you have to kind of flip your perspective a little bit. I think you have a lot of running and exercise friends. Like you're like, ah, oh, I, I just did a, a few triathlons. Like nothing, nothing too. Like the triathlons themselves are pretty, pretty awesome, Karen. Yeah, but it's not like Ironman style. It's just like you know, Olympic distance. It's all relative to who you're hanging out with, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. That's what life is, though. It all matters about who you're hanging out with. So, you know, if you're hanging out with people that are, like, sitting around drinking, that's what you're going to do. If you hang out with people that are working out, like, you're going to go places. Right? <laughs> Literally, yes, you will go places. So we last saw you in Austin. In Austin. Four and a half yeah. years. Four and a half yeah, years. four and a half years. Followed a guy I, there. I mean, yeah. Had a, a boy. Couple... I think he said a boy. A boy. Oh, yeah, that was definitely... was a boy. And that <laughs> was the problem. Yeah. <laughs> if he was a man, things may have turned out differently, but... Yeah. Uh, glad they didn't, though. Like, all those failed relationships just kept pushing on, you know, in life. In Austin, yeah, it was just too much partying. I mean, I was working really, you know, I was doing pediatric physical therapy, home health. So I was actually really involved with these families that I would be with their, you know, special needs children. Uh, And a lot of them were wheelchair bound and, you know, they were nonverbal, like medically fragile. And I would go to the home. And so I was seeing some of those kids for like three or more years. And so after a while, I was kind of like, this is heavy. I love these families, but like, I need a change. And I was like, the only way to get out is a big change. So that's when I started looking around for like working abroad, like physical therapy jobs. And then I found usajobs.gov and found Japan in Tokyo. So got the job. They moved me and all my stuff over. Had you visited Japan before you decided you were going to move there? No, I just wanted to get out. I was looking for anything. So I was like, sure, Japan. That seems seems far. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go. Yeah. So you packed up, you moved there, 
and let's see. So about how old were you at this time? We're three and four. So you're close to 30? 29. Yeah, I was 29 when I moved over there. Yeah, and get there, like, you know, just living off the base and, you know, driving the car on the other side of the road, the steering wheel on the other side, you know, like learning all new things. Just every, like, every place you go is an adventure, like the grocery store. You have no idea what's going on. You don't speak the language. You maybe don't even know what's in what, but just, you know, just winging it as you go. And it's the best feeling to me in the whole world just to walk into a place and have no idea. <laughs> so stayed there for almost four years. Did you learn the language? Ah, squishy, just a little bit. Just like un- like enough to read. There's a lot of pictures on all the menus. You just kind of point. And, and then after a while, you have friends that are Japanese speakers. What was another highlight or, or moment that sticks in your head? Like one of those just super cool life experiences? Oh man. In Tokyo, it's, it's easy because it's like you walk down the street and you walk through a giant building and then go up three floors and go, go eat. You know, like it's, it's just every street is an adventure. I did a lot of traveling while I was there over Asia. It's all over. I'm going to start like country dropping. Yeah, do it. Do it. Okay. Yeah, do it. Let's hear it. (laughs) I have not got to Asia. Oh, man. Oh, Asia. Thailand, of course, kind of more of the, I mean, it's a lot of touristy in Thailand. It's, you know, super cheap. The best place over there is Laos. It's a landlocked country, but it has like these beautiful lakes that run through and it's just super calm. And like over in Asia, there's like a lot of Buddhism. And so there's like these giant, like gorgeous temples and I don't know. It's just like a different vibe too. It's like very respectful, especially in Japan. Like you pick up your trash and you're quiet on the train and it's just a very the lights are bright but the people are quiet. It's it's very interesting. It's Japan in a nutshell right there. I like it. Yeah. The lights are bright but the, hmm. Tokyo yeah, at least the in people a nutshell. Are so reserved. Yeah. It's a very interesting feel because there's old world new world too. Just like the old buildings and then you're like obasans, which are like your cute little old grandmas, like doing the same thing they've done for like, you know, 70 years. So let's see where else. Vietnam is beautiful and super cheap, but then you get like this really hard hit of how the Vietnamese perceive Americans and like what we did to them in the Vietnam War. Because uh, those countries are not gung-ho America. It is yeah. very much like, look what we did to like help ourselves and fight the Americans. So that's an always interesting perspective is flipping the script and being like, other countries don't really like you as an American. Maybe you should pretend you're Canadian because they really do have like these preconceived notions of Americans, you know, we're loud, we're boisterous, we're in your face. We're competitive. Competitive. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> yeah. Did you ever see that, you know, play out in anything specific or is just sort of a vibe you felt or just your own like acknowledgement of, of the U S's role historically, or what did that look like I when you were there? Mean, 
And when you're in more rural parts of Japan that aren't used to having Americans around, you definitely will get the X. Like, you can't go in their restaurant. Really? It's like reverse racism. Yeah, almost that they don't want to deal with you. They Like, they will... There's an X on the door. They literally will do that nope. with their arms. They'll cross they their arms. They will literally do that with their arms, and they will just not let you in. Fascinating. It's, yeah, it is. It's very interesting. But that's their culture, too. They, they're quiet. They don't want to deal with you. Or maybe they're, like, afraid, almost, of, of trying to, like, if you won't speak the language and... You know, they don't want to be off-putting. They just don't even want to take a chance of interaction. And that's the more rural part of Japan. But, yeah, China, I traveled, obviously, around the Great Wall Marathon. Then we did a bunch of different little cities. Like <laughs> We took a 24-hour train over to Tibet, but we were sitting in this really little city of Chenang. And we were at the train station, and we had all of these local people sitting around us, staring at us. Like, <laughs> like we were their entertainment. It was really fun. <laughs> because, you know, like, Lhasa, Tibet is so far, like, inward. And, I mean, we just chose the train instead of flying. But the it's not a tourist place where we were. So, Yeah. And then Tibet is absolutely amazing, and it breaks my heart that the Chinese stole it because, you know, it's the birthplace of Buddhism and the Dalai Lama, and he's exiled from there. But we still got to see, like, all the Dalai Lama palaces and, and some of their temples, and, but there is Chinese military all over on rooftops watching down. Because the Tibetans are still practicing their Buddhism. Did you ever have any situations where you felt like you were in actual danger? No. Not that I knew of. When I was walking around the streets of Hong Kong, because I, I took that one, I went there by myself. I did get like solicited to like drugs and stuff. So did you give on. any? I didn't. Did you? No, okay. I did not try to partake in not Hong that Kong. Time. Okay. No, not by myself. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know, and when I was traveling by myself, I actually wouldn't stay out very late or go crazy or do anything that I thought was a little sketch. So I, I stayed really safe. You're welcome, Mom. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Did your mom visit you overseas? Her, my aunt, and my sister went to Japan one time, but it was just not for them. Yeah, it's just such a different, like, customs and food, and they're very Americanized. I think it's really hard to step out of your comfort zone and, like, you know, eat octopus or something like that, which, you know, I don't think is crazy, but if you've been eating steak and potatoes all your life, you're like, what is that? So I'm going to assume that all this travel has given you a different outlook on life than you had maybe growing up in uh, Lombard? Yeah, Lombard. Lombard Commons. Uh, Come on, Dave. Okay, I yeah. Know. Right. <laughs> like, how do you how do you feel like your, your perspective on stuff has, has changed? Uh, you know, I try to take other people's perspectives into my own. I think a lot more. I also don't think my way of thinking is necessarily the right way of thinking. I just try to keep it wide open. 
you know, because you never know like how other people grew up or where they came from. And I definitely I just try to be super respectful and compassionate. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. So you're in Tokyo. You spend some time there. Then what happens? Yeah. So with my job, I'm like, you know, doing pediatric physical therapy and we're, I'm traveling to different bases too around Japan because they don't, there's only a couple, like there were two or three of us and there's seven bases in Japan. So you were doing physical therapy at military bases? Mm-hmm. So you're working for the government? Yeah. Yeah. So babies and in the school system. And, and then I was working with orthopedics for the actual service members too. Yeah. So what else was I doing? Traveling and... Running and traveling, running and traveling, traveling and, and running. And then there was, I think there was some Octopus. traveling, and she was doing some running. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's so boring. No, it's not boring at all. You're doing tons of stuff, but you were in Japan. You got to Hawaii, so there, there's some more to the story here. Oh, you want to know after Japan? Yeah. Okay, so I met my husband. He was stationed at the embassy in Japan, but. So we actually met in Mongolia, and then after our Mongolian trek through the Gobi Desert, hung out for a couple months in Tokyo, and then he had to leave. So a couple months later, I just followed him to North Carolina. Then we had a baby like a year later. Wow. I know. And how long ago was, was this? So 2016, I moved to North Carolina. 2018, my daughter was born. We got engaged because I was pregnant, but we were like not, not trying. It wasn't like this big surprise. It was just like, oh, that happened faster than we thought. So let's get married. And then how did you make it to Hawaii? He got stationed. Yeah, I tried. No, he got stationed here. He's in the Marine Corps. He's a, he's a major. So yeah, he's doing foreign policy stuff because he speaks Japanese. They taught him Japanese and then that's so... So you see Hawaii is, is, I mean, he's just stationed there. It's kind of a temporary thing. And then who knows where you go from here? So usually military is on three-year orders. And we move this summer. We are going to Baltimore. Oh. Yeah. Try to get some better weather. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to teach at the Annapolis Naval Academy. But is he teaching Japanese at the academy? No, he's got a master's in economics. So he'll be doing that. One of my favorite classes in high school was economics. That's a great story. I'm done with it. <laughs> so, all right, here you are 20 years later. What would 18-year-old Karen think of Karen today? Oh, man, I'm pretty cool. <laughs> I, I'm super proud of myself, right? Like, I didn't get fat. Like, that was always a goal. I don't know. <laughs> So, okay, I'm going to write down these goals here. Don't get fat. Yeah, like, I mean, stay healthy, stay active. Sure, yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, I did not think I would be traveling all over at all. But um, it's now the best thing, I think, to do. Besides, of course, raise a child, because that is the hardest thing in the whole world. Uh <laughs> Oh, nobody warned me how hard it would be, even though I worked with children like my entire yeah. career. When I like worked with them for an hour and gave them back. So I was like, I could do this. And now I'm like, oh my God. 
wow. How do people have more than one? So props to you guys for having more than one. I don't think my brain can take in all of that sensory input with all of that running around. I'm going to pass the props to Paul with his five. My two is, is pretty like wife. pretty standard. Yeah. 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 She should, she, I'm sure his wife should get some credit as well. That's a, it's a good call. Yeah. My, my wife's pretty amazing. So, so I don't even know at two years old, if you can even imagine when she's in high school, like what kind of mom are you going to be? Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see who she's more like. I mean, my husband, I mean, he cycles for hours and he runs and we're both super active. So I think um, cultivating her movement is super important. I mean, I'm a physical therapist. My life is movement. It's what I think helps everybody's brain the most. And I don't think that we do it enough at all or teach our children how to do it enough or even why they should like move or learn their bodies and stuff like that. So I really want to make sure that (laughs) she's supported in that way and like her needs. But also I definitely want to make sure that she like knows. Can you even tell a kid that like you're pretty dumb when you're in high school? (laughs) Your primitive brain is at its finest because all you're doing is trying to socialize and like figure out your place in the world. There's just so much more. Yeah, I mean, you probably can't convince a teenager that, like, they know nothing. I'm going to try my best. (laughs) (laughs) Try my best to beat her down and and make sure she knows that she knows nothing. No. And to keep moving. Yeah. I think, though, to also teach her that there's more to life than, like, go to college, get married, have kids. Because I always felt so bad that, like, that. I wasn't on that path. And then until I moved to Japan that I was like meeting other people like me because that wasn't my path. It, it took a long time to finally be like, oh, maybe you don't need to get married in your 20s and like start having kids right away. Like you can wait and it's still going to be awesome. Because I think that society puts a lot of pressure and it's just the way we grow up, right? We, you know, mom and dad have kids and stable jobs and you stay in one place and you take a trip to Disneyland, but there's no reason you can't stay on a plane a few hours more and take a trip to a place that's completely different. Yeah. We don't take planes. We drive places. <laughs> well, <laughs> costs a lot to take a plane trip somewhere with our kids. Yeah. <laughs> Get in the car. Let's go. Yeah. We had a question about a bucket list, but I feel as though like you've done, you've done like everything. Is there anything that like, like what, what's on, what's on that bucket list? Mm, Kilimanjaro. Yeah. Because we found out I was pregnant when we were planning our trip to Africa and Kilimanjaro. So that didn't work out. We are still planning on it eventually. But I mean, to tell you the truth, after Ted finally can get out of the military, which we're waiting on, we are like definitely considering like living in Norway or living in Sweden, living in one of those countries that you just ride your bike to work or walk to work. And he wants to live in the cold, so fine. But just, you know, continuing to learn the world is on my bucket list. Learn the world. That's a good summary right there. I like it. Yeah. You guys know I'm also diagnosed ADHD, so that kind of came midlife. Did not know that. 
Yeah. But that's part of me too. But it's also that drive to move. And so, you know, it's something that I don't think that you can, like we consider a lot in some like females, usually it's the boys that are like disruptive, but like I had a lot of problems in school sitting, like sitting. Like I knew I should sit there, but it was like painful almost. (laughs) So how old were you when you were, when it was diagnosed? Oh, it was actually recently. It was like 36. Just had a lot of problems with like sitting down and then like the anxiety about knowing that I have to like sit through a meeting or like sit and write this evaluation or, and then like doctors wanted to call it like anxiety and depression. And I'm like, not depressed, it's not anxiety. Like, I just need to move. So. No, it's interesting. Is it helpful? Like once it was diagnosed, like, do you, do you think differently? You're like, okay, so now I know this is, this is a thing and I'll deal with it accordingly. Like it, things sort of make more sense now. It does. I think having that inner drive to move and knowing that it's not like anxiety, like I'm not worried about something. I just like, I need to move. Like I am at my best if I run four or five miles in the morning and then like I have regulated my body and my mind and now I can focus. But if I don't get that movement in, then I'm going to be looking for it from somewhere. I want to go back to Willowbrook just for a second. Is there anything that you did or when you think back to high school, like that you regret? I definitely regret some clothing choices, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I just. Which which specific ones? Oh, man. I had this weird tracksuit with like bright yellow stripes down the side, and it was Adidas, and I really liked it. But like the pants were like an extra large or large, and the shirt (laughs) was like huge. I don't know. I just remember that. And I think I had like one or two Abercrombie shirts, and I wore them like every week. So I don't think I regret anything. Was there something I should have regretted? No, I, I don't think there's anything you should regret. I mean, you made a comment earlier about like, how do you tell a high schooler they don't know anything? I look back and like, I just made dumb decisions sometimes, you know? And not like big ones, not like I think I stayed out of trouble for the most part, but just like the way in which I treated other people. Like you said, you know, taking other people's perspectives in, the, in mind. And I don't think I did that very well in high school at all. I don't think we knew how. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nobody taught us how to think. They just taught us what to think, you know? Ooh. Did you go to prom? I did. It was awkward. I was, I went with like my high school boyfriend, but like we weren't together at the time. Who was your high school boyfriend? Or- Robbie Earhart. He was a junior. I think we started dating junior year and then like senior year. Yeah. And I just remember we weren't, actually together at the time but i had no one else to go with my dress was super ugly I was, <laughs> yeah bad clothing places. i remember that's the one thing i do remember from prom karen was your dress was super it was. ugly it was like it was like purple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah black purple mm-hmm. <laughs> yellow stripes down the side <laughs> God. where was prom did we have it was that at the place you used to valet yeah. for yeah it was at the abington okay. I feel like it was like an hour long and I didn't dance. I don't know. Maybe that's just what I remember. I mean, who was prom king and queen? Did we do that? I'm sure we did. I don't, I don't remember. I want to say it was Brett Littlehill. Oh, that's just like what, 
I want to say he was prom king. I don't know who prom queen was. I just, that's like, I, when I think of that, that's who I think of, but I'm not, I can't tell you for sure. In your head, he's got a crown on. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, by the end of this, we'll find out. Well, someone will know. Someone will tell us. That will be wonderful. Oh, I wish we could look in our yearbook and be like, who was named class clown? Who was best dressed? Who didn't say, like if a handout or something. There's like the senior, senior thing. I did find it recently, so I do remember some of them, but I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of cheating. I like when you guys are trying to trying to guess. You just like it's having probably, the power. Yeah, in I, the do. Conversation. I do. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was like a year ago, so I just know that that I won the best beater car. Oh yeah, which I campaigned for. Actually, I made little flyers <laughs> encouraging people to vote for my my eighty five Dodge Omni that had no hood. Omni, oh the Omni. God, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And I don't want this to be about me, but since we're talking about the Omni, we were on a field trip for some business class. For some reason, I was running late. So everyone was in the bus and I drove my car to the field trip. And like I caught up to them on the highway. I'm like driving behind the bus. And I remember we got there and people were like, oh man, we were just watching your car like shake crazy. Like we thought it was going to fall apart. And then shortly after I was driving and my hood just flew off. I was going down 83, flew off behind me. Oh my God. And I just kept driving because I didn't know what else to do. <laughs> and then I came back later that night and it was like in the media. And I, like under the cover of darkness, I recovered my hood. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Good times. Karen, did you have a car in high school? I did. I got a car like a couple weeks after my license. So I got really lucky. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. No wonder. Maybe that's why people didn't like you, uh, the soccer team. I would think it'd be the other way around because she could drive. She could drive them around, right? That's instantly oh, yeah. yeah. We were listening to like the Offspring and what Third Eye Blind. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I saw them in concert in Tokyo, maybe like three, four years, no, five years ago now, and they were fat and old, but it was awesome. <laughs> fat and old. It was fat and old in Tokyo. Third yeah, that was, that yeah, was the name of the summer. tour, I think. <laughs> I think we should probably leave it there. This has been amazing. Karen, thanks so much for hanging out with us. This has been awesome. 